Welcome to the All In Your Head podcast, where we get all in your head. We are a mental health podcast focused on anything and everything mental health. We will have special guests ranging from mental health experts, mental health advocates, and just everyday people with real struggles. We will share laughs, we will share cries, but most importantly, we will have real conversations about mental health. So with that being said, let's get all in your head. Woohoo! Christina, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. We are doing a performance series and we are interviewing folks who provide services or support in different dimensions of the Spire performance. The first dimension, which is the base and the foundation, and that's intentional, is the physical dimension. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to interview you because I think you have some really innovative interventions that really engage the mind and heal the, the mind through diet, through nutrition. So I think this interview is just going to provide a tremendous amount of value for people. So I'm really happy to have you. Well, I'm excited, Jamie, too, to be part of this because it's time that nutrition and feeding the brain what it needs to function optimally becomes part of the mental health and addiction recovery conversation. I completely agree. And that's, I've been preaching that for a, a long time, partially mm-hmm. because I've seen the value in my own life. You know, sure. I, I'm very open that I struggle with anxiety and depression quite a bit in my life. And I have chosen to use diet, exercise, and natural interventions as my medicine. And not to say, you know, there's anything wrong with psychotropic medication. Some people need it, right? But I feel like sometimes people just don't know the other options. And I think it's just important that people make informed decisions. So let's just talk about who you are and what you do. Let's start off there. All right. So I have been a licensed psychotherapist working in the addiction field for 40 years. I am also a mental health nutritionist. And I originally got trained in 1993. And since then have gradually been integrating that into my work as a addiction counselor and psychotherapist. And starting in about 2001 in my private practice in Denver, I fully integrated mental health nutrition into my practice. By that time, I'd gotten enough training and enough experience and was really expanding what I'd been taught as a nutritionist to focus on using it specifically for mental health and addiction recovery. And I was then, and unfortunately still am, one of the very few people in the country doing this in a really robust way. In this podcast, I meet so many different people and find out new things all the time. And for example, I've recently interviewed a financial therapist. I didn't know that was a thing Uh until just recently. And I've never heard of a mental health nutritionist. This is actually the first time Mm. that I'm hearing that exists. And so can you talk a little bit more about what that is? Let's start by looking at the brain, okay? Our brain is our master control panel. Everything that we think, that we feel, that we interpret or perceive, our cognitions, but also our ability to learn and access skills, to initiate behavior, to be motivated, and then to relax and sleep. Mm -hmm. All of this is mediated through our brain. And as psychotherapists, 
you know, we spend an awful lot of time teaching our clients skills and exploring our clients' belief systems and perceptions and interpretations. But very rarely does it occur to us to ask our clients what they ate that day Mm -hmm. and whether A starving brain, whether low blood sugar, whether depleted neurotransmitters, might possibly have an impact on their perceptions and their feelings and their behaviors. So this becomes very clear with premenstrual women. Hmm. Now, I'm probably not being fair to all of us poor women by (laughs) picking on us. But the reality is, is that premenstrually, many of us have imbalanced hormones and that directly impact brain function and our perceptions and our feelings and our interpretations. And so we may respond in a way to a experience during the couple of days before our period that may seem a little extreme to other people. To us in the moment, it seems perfectly justified and perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. And a week later, we're thinking, oh, oops, where did that come from? And so that's a very common experience of an out-of-balance brain. Well, the brain actually needs nutrients to function optimally. It's like our whole body does. Our whole body Mm -hmm. is run on nutrients from the food we eat. We don't think about that, but that's actually the bottom line of why we eat. Well, our brain needs specific nutrients to function too. And if we're not giving our brain those nutrients, it cannot, it cannot do its job of helping us regulate our lives and our stress levels. So my motto is, it's our brain's job to allow us to cope with stress gracefully. Mm. Not a nice concept. It is. We all love to be coping with stress gracefully all the time. Yeah, absolutely. But to do that, it needs to be fed optimally. Yeah. And that has never been part of the conversation. Yeah, that's really good. And that's why I like that the physical dimension is at the foundation of the Spire performance. And my work with people, I have found that just some tweaks at the beginning of our work together, whether it be mm-hmm. increased aerobic exercise, a change in their diet, better sleep habits, different relationship with drugs and alcohol mm. makes an immediate difference. And we still build upon that. And we look at relationships and mental health and, mm. and all those things. As you're saying, if this is not where it needs to be, the other services can be helpful, but you're not optimizing change. You're not optimizing change and you're not optimizing your ability to engage in these other healing processes. Mm -hmm. So I've had clients walk into my office and be all over the place, be sort of anxious and agitated and labile or really rageful. Mm -hmm. And to the point where there's no way they could engage in therapy because there was just all of this stuff in the way. And I got into the habit of, I started realizing that that presentation was actually most of the time due to low blood sugar. Mm. So I would ask people, hey, when was the last time you ate protein prior to walking into my office and not being able to make use of me 
didn't yeah. say that, yeah. but right. That's in the back of my mind. And they'd go blank and they say, Oh, seven o'clock this morning. Okay. It's now three o'clock this <laughs> afternoon, the afternoon. Right. Yeah. And I'll say, okay, well, you know, sometimes when we're hungry, we have trouble sort of thinking clearly and making use of therapy. So is it okay if I feed you right now? <laughs> so I'll feed my clients. I'll have, you know, full-blown entrees in my freezer. Oh, wow. I'll just stick in the microwave. Or I'll pull out a protein shake or, you know, a couple of mozzarella sticks, depending on how hungry they are. And I'd have people rate, you know, rate your symptoms right now on a scale of zero to 10. Anxiety, tearfulness, rage, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then 20 minutes, sometimes 10 minutes after they eat, I'd say, okay, rate your symptoms again. They should do a Snickers commercial about that. I don't know if you've seen those Snickers commercials where they're like rageful and angry and then yeah. they eat a Snickers and they're a completely different person. But there's probably some times where in my work with people that it could be a Snickers commercial because they just come in, you know, grumpy and just a completely different person. And it yeah. could be because of whatever they've eaten or not eaten that day. Yeah. And you only have to do that a couple of times before people get the message. And before people start asking themselves that same question in their real lives outside of the therapy office of, oh, I'm really dysregulated right now. When was the last time I ate? Oh, let me have a couple of hard boiled eggs. Let me have a couple of mozzarella sticks. Let me have, right? Not let me have a Snickers bar. That's what we're so used to reaching (laughs) for. Or let me have a beer or let me take a, you know, toke off my whatever. Yeah but let me eat. And then people walk into my office and they're so proud of themselves. And they say, guess what? I ate before coming in. <sighs> and they're focused and they're grounded and they're able to do the work of therapy. Yeah. I had a cheese stick right before this interview as a side note. <laughs> There's so much information that we could pull from you. And you know we don't have enough time for all of it because I know that there's dietary measures that people can go through based on if they have depression, anxiety, if they're struggling with an addiction. I'm sure that you have an individualized plan for for those people who are struggling with different things. But what are some advice that you can give people that's helpful maybe to all people? Well, what I just mentioned really is the bottom line. And we recommend eating 15 to 20 grams of protein minimum every three to four hours. Premenstrual women, it should be every three hours. Our blood sugar gets a little more dysregulated then. And everybody else more or less at the four hour mark. Hmm. Because if you go longer than that, Jamie, adrenaline kicks in. Hmm. And it's adrenaline that actually makes us very unstable. And that will set up cravings for our addictive behaviors, Mm. but also interfere with our ability to access our recovery skills. Mm -hmm. So that's always the foundation. That's where I start with people. That's where I end with people. But, you know, purified food, there's a place for purified food, i.e. supplements. Mm. So a good multivitamin. So, you know, let's go back to brain chemistry just for a minute. Yeah. What the brain uses to do its job is neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are systems of chemicals that are made from amino acids that come from the protein we eat. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So we need these amino acids, which means we need to be enough protein digesting it, absorbing it so that some of these aminos can get into the brain and in the presence of vitamins and minerals, make the neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. So we can get this from food and we can get this over the counter. I recommend that people at the beginning of the nutritional approach to treatment be on a really good multivitamin. It's a little stronger than your typical centrum to get those very important key cofactors in there. Mm-hmm. Zinc, B6, magnesium. There's a few others that have to be there. Enough amino acids. Well, modern science has created free-form amino acids. So you can actually buy over-the-counter the specific amino acid that 20 minutes after you take it will turn in to the neurotransmitter you need. Hmm. And you will, all other things being equal, feel better. After taking the amino acid O-tyrosine 20 minutes later, if it's the right dose and what you need, you will have more energy, more focus, more drive, and less cravings for your meth or for your coffee. Now, I actually still like coffee. But... <laughs> for, uh, I never quit coffee. I, I, I wish I could. But why do you think that as a field, we're not paying more attention to this? Because it seems like it's a quick and easy way to make a big difference. And so I'm curious because I know, you know, I'm in the field and I'm also a professor and I know we focus a lot on talk therapy and talk therapy will take you some of the way, but I wonder why we don't focus more on this. Well, that's a real good question because the natural health field has been doing research on this back into the fifties and sixties. This is not new information. Yeah. And in fact, psychiatrists in the eighties were prescribing O-tryptophan, which is the serotonin precursor. Mm-hmm. And it got taken off the market the week that Prozac was released mm-hmm. onto the market. Okay, well, I'm starting just, to see a little connection here. <laughs> interesting timing. Yeah, interesting. That is interesting timing. You know, because when I was went to school 40 years ago, we were taught that if we believed that there was a biochemical or organic basis to our client symptoms, that our only option was to send them to a psychiatrist to be put on medication. Hmm. My colleagues who went through or going through school today or over the last 10 years are being taught exactly the same thing. That if there's a biochemical or organic reason for the symptom, that medication is the only appropriate response. Now, yes, maybe you can do TMS or maybe you can mm-hmm. do some of these other things, right? But, ooh, let's go to psychedelics now. Mm -hmm. Let's go to ketamine now. If we're not going to do Prozac or Abilify or, 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 okay? None of us are taught to ask our client, what did you eat today? (laughs) Is your brain getting the nutrients it needs to function? Yeah. So just to call it out, it sounds like what you're saying is we're just following the money. There's much more money in pharmaceutical industry. There's money to be made, right? And if you're advocating for a client to change their diet or to get on some supplements. There's no money there for the pharmaceutical. Not for pharmaceutical industry, yeah. 
you know. And then now you're talking about some of these newer and some people would say innovative interventions. And I know I've heard a lot about psychedelics and even using marijuana as a form of mm-hmm. treatment. And since we're talking about it, what are your thoughts about them? Oh, they're fun and they're <laughs> sexy, right? Right. And they can grab our interest and we can be a little rebellious. Yeah. And we can say, see, but bottom line, it is still avoiding the fact that most people with mental health and addictive disorders have a starving brain Mm -hmm. and it's not getting talked about. Even today with all the hoopla about the keto diet Mm -hmm. and the nutritional psychiatrist coming out of Harvard University, this is wonderful. They're finally beginning to look at it. But some of them are really excited about the fact that people with major mental illness, which has just been badly managed for a very long time, respond well when they're put on the medical diet of keto. Hmm. That doesn't mean that everybody needs keto. Yeah. See, again, we're being distracted by the bigger question are what are the fundamental nutrients that the, that most people's brains need mm-hmm. not the brains of people with severe medical illness such as mm-hmm. schizophrenia or epilepsy but the rest of us and some of the rest of us may need keto but all of us need enough amino acids mm-hmm. all of us need enough omega-3 fatty acids mm-hmm. for neurotransmitters to fire properly All of us need enough zinc and B6. Yeah, this is, this is really good stuff. So happy that you're on the podcast because this is truly in line with how I look at this work and I don't have all the expertise that you have. And I certainly plan on tapping into it more even after this podcast, because I think the information that you're providing can help so many people. What else do you think is really important for people to know as it relates to diet, nutrition, and the brain. And so just to say, this is one reason why I started my school, the Academy for Addiction and Mental Health Nutrition. It's about seven, eight years ago, Mm -hmm. because I do have so much information to share with people, (laughs) you know, that I created both a level one and level two certification program to give practitioners this foundation. You know, we call it addressing the third leg of the stool. Because as practitioners, we're all trained and treatment programs do a great job when they do with the psychosocial and even spiritual Mm -hmm. aspects of things. But there's few programs, and yours is a good one, in addressing Mm -hmm. the physical that does address the physical and address the brain. So we call it like trying to sit on a three-legged stool that only has two legs. Yeah. And then we wonder why people struggle so much and why people relapse. So, you know, my my program is a great way to to learn all of this. But other things that are useful for people, things like food allergies or food intolerances, like to gluten or to casein in milk, can cause every single psychiatric symptom Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm Mm-hmm can cause psychosis, Mm. but I have a fairly sensitive body and sensitive brain. I was depressed from day one, okay, literally day Mm. one. 
And, you know, I had PTSD and I had CPTSD. And of course I had to work through all of that. Mm -hmm. Still am because, you know, (laughs) it's the gift that keeps on giving. I hear that. I hear that. But it turns out that I had eight underlying biochemical reasons for my depression and anxiety. Mm, Eight. I was missing I, certain of these neurotransmitters were depleted and bringing in the amino acid made a huge difference within 20 minutes. Hmm. I didn't have enough omega-3 fatty acids bringing in fish oil mm-hmm. at six grams a day. It was like the sun came out. <laughs> my, my father's from Scandinavia, from Denmark, and those of us with this ethnic background have trouble with a different fatty acid, GLA, when we're not making enough of it from the vegetable oil we get in our diet. And because of that, we can have depression from day one that's only relieved by alcohol. Meds mm. don't work with this one. Okay, well, I had this type of depression and I discovered beer in my <laughs> 20s. And ooh, now a whole beer put me to sleep because I was also allergic to it. Mm-hmm. But three quarters of it, oh, that made the depression go away for a couple of hours. And I organized my whole life around making sure that I had that one beer or that one whatever waiting mm-hmm. for me when I got home from work. And I was an addiction counselor then, and I kind of <laughs> sort of knew that something was wrong with this picture. Yeah. But I said, well, it's only one beer. I know I have addiction on both sides of my family. So I knew I was like sitting on a time bomb. And <clears throat> then I read research about this particular ethnic connection and fatty acid. And I started taking evening primrose oil. I did the same thing by giving my brain the missing nutrient. I didn't need to drink anymore. And so I stopped because I hadn't crossed that little invisible line. I still had choice and I wanted to maintain my choice. Mm-hmm. So I'm still on evening primrose oil yeah. every day because if I don't, in about two or three days, deep, dark pit, mm. the pit and the final missing piece it turned out that I'd been allergic to corn all these years mm. and the corn was contributing to my depression. I didn't know it, but it's the reason why no matter how much trauma work I did, no matter all these other things I took care of, I was still depressed. Yeah. And then one day I woke up suicidal. Mm. I'd never been suicidal before ever. I was like 39 and I woke up one morning, middle of the summer in California And I was looking for the nearest bus to throw myself under. Mm. And it was like, what? Right. What just happened to me? My stress isn't worse. What changed? What turned out that, you know, midsummer, California, lots of fresh corn on the market, Mm -hmm. juicy, sweet, tender. And I moved from getting a little bit of corn here and there to eating it every day. Well, for me, corn is toxic. Okay, it's toxic to my brain. And once I realized that, that that was the one thing that had changed in my life, I removed all corn. And lo and behold, not only did the suicidal depression go away, but so did the rest of it. Wow. So did you seek a professional or did you just really pay attention to your diet and you noticed something and you almost Mm -hmm. like trial and error took that away? 
frame your diet and then you automatically just saw a difference? Well, exactly. Because you see, by then I knew how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> right. By then I'd been a mental health nutritionist for quite a while. And it was like, okay, you know how to do this. Yeah. And so, so you just have to, it's about asking the right questions. Yeah. So real quick, keep mentioning uh, mental health nutritionist. And, you know, there are oftentimes mental health professionals that listen to this podcast is there a way that they can become a mental health nutritionist? Is there like a certification program? Yes. So I offer a two-level certification program. Just through you. You you that's, offer that's this certification program. I will program. offer this training. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And okay. there, there's other, you know, outlets out there as well where they can do continuing education, keep learning this. But one is mine is one of the most focused programs in the country. And it's the only one that includes a lot of talk about addiction. Mm. Wow. Yeah, no, it's such an amazing resource for people. And I think therapists are always looking for other ways to help people, right? Mm-hmm. And also unique ways to help people, uh, something that's different. And this is certainly something that's different and unique, simple, simple. for folks, right? And I think it can help a lot of people. So I appreciate you sharing all that information. Christina, how can people find out more about you, about your services, and okay. just any other resources that you have? So I've got two websites, one for the school, and there's lots of free information on the school uh, website, is aminoacidtherapy.com. Nice and easy to remember. Uh, we have monthly free events, educational events, which anybody can come to, as well as our paid programming. We also, I also a year ago started a nonprofit organization because I'm so passionate about getting this information out into the world. Mm -hmm. And you can find it at (laughs) eatingproteinsaveslives.org. I like that. Isn't that great? Well, as a result of this nonprofit, we just launched a whole series of online self-help recovery meetings Mm. that we're calling Feeding Recovery Network. And the Feeding Recovery Network meetings, which are once a week, we have got a couple of meetings going on right now, which are open and online. Anybody can join them. And we've just gotten a closed in-house meeting going at a women's sober living house. And the manager has reported they've only had three meetings so far but there's less sugar in the house. Mm. They're cooking more. They're buying real food and there's more protein and the girls are feeling better. (laughs) Yeah. So the whole purpose of this new recovery meeting is to give people a safe, supportive space to improve their eating, to learn these tips, to kind of, you know, ask their questions because there's a lot of confusion out there to focus on sleep to, you know, get support for moderate exercise. But the the whole core is what we call our five-star pro-recovery diet and how to love ourselves better through feeding ourselves mm. appropriately. And so now for the first time ever, you can join one of our meetings and address that third leg of the stool for free. Yeah, that's amazing. 
you're really passionate about this. You know, you took the time to, you have a business, but then you also feel so passionate that you started this nonprofit, right? And so mm-hmm. that tells me that that this is something that I know you've seen it work in your own life. And I'm sure that leads to a lot of the passion. Like you, you're like, hey, I know this works. And you probably just want to scream yeah. at people like, hey, try this. <laughs> try so, this for yeah. one week. Eat protein. And I'm going to suggest this to all your listeners. Yeah. Eat 15 to 20 grams of protein. Okay. Two eggs is 14 grams, right? We're not talking a ton of food. Do this every four hours for an entire week. And then write in and let us know what's changed for you. Yeah. That's amazing. Is that? Yeah. Christina, thank you for being on the podcast and providing resources, both in the podcast through the things that you're telling us, but also providing access to uh, your websites and other resources and you do an amazing work. Keep up the good work. All right, Jamie. Thanks so much. And thank you so much for this podcast. You have just listened to the All In Your Head podcast. Learn more by following Jamie Glick on LinkedIn or by subscribing to the Mental Health Training Camp YouTube channel. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call now or text 988 to get connected to free confidential support. Thanks for listening.